Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to WADA, ADA Live Talk Radio, brought to you by Southeast ADA Center, your leader for information, training, and guidance on the Americans with Disabilities Act. And here's your host. Good afternoon and welcome to WADA, ADA Live. On behalf of the Southeast ADA Center, Burton Blatt Institute at Syracuse University, and the ADA National Network, we are excited to welcome our Internet radio audience to WADA, ADA Live. My name is Elaine Sutton Mbionwu, Assistant Project Director and Training and Technical Assistance Director for the Southeast ADA Center and today's host. Hello and welcome to our ADA Live listening audience in the Southeast region and around the country. The Southeast ADA Center is pleased to have with us today an extremely knowledgeable and well-versed speaker on the topic Beyond Yellow Ribbons, Veterans, Wounded Warriors, and Their Return to Work. Today's guest speaker is Wendy Strobel-Gower of the Northeast ADA Center at Cornell University. Today our guest speaker will address the legal and practical issues faced by wounded warrior veterans in the context of disabilities and the employment setting. ADA Live listening audience, please note that you are able to call throughout the show to submit your ADA-related questions and have them answered live by today's guest speaker. The show's call-in number is 646-595-2880. Again, the call-in number is 646-595-2880. Now, I'd like to welcome Wendy Strobel-Gower to the show. Good afternoon, Wendy, and thank you for spending time with our ADA Live listening audience this afternoon. Wendy? Elaine? Yes, Wendy, are you with us? Oh, hi. Yeah, can you hear me? I definitely can. And thank you for joining us today, and we're glad to have you spend time with our ADA Live listening audience this afternoon. Thank you. As I said before, um, I'm excited to be here. Great. We're going to jump right into our first segment, um, as this is our uh, show on veterans, wounded warriors, and employment-related issues. Um, Wendy, how many vets will be returning from active service? It's hard to predict exactly how many vets will be returning from active service, but it's estimated that over the next decade, there will be about 1.6 million veterans returning um, from the war. Uh, Since 2001, 2.5 million service members have been deployed in Iraq and Afghanistan, and vets who served since September 2001 are, are generally called Gulf War Era II veterans. And among those Gulf War II veterans, um, more than a third of these were deployed more than once, and nearly 400,000 were deployed three or, three or more times. Three or more times? Yes, which is 
it's it's quite a heavy load of deployment. Okay, that that is significant. Now, Wendy, how many veterans, returning veterans, would you say have disabilities? It's difficult to get an exact number of disabilities because people use def- different definition of disability to determine what that threshold is. Um, but research has shown that about a third of um, returning veterans will have at least one of the signature disabilities. And in this war, um, it's the signature disabilities are post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury, and depression. And these often occur together. Overall, nearly a third of the 12 million civilian veterans ages 21 to 64 currently in the U.S. report having a disability. And among returning veterans for the Gulf War era, too, the rate of disability is even higher than that. That's significant. These are some really startling numbers. Um, Wendy, why is the disability rate higher among Gulf War era, two veterans than among veterans from previous engagements? I think there's a few different reasons for that. I think, um, first of all, that there's greater awareness about disabilities like post-traumatic stress disorder and traumatic brain injury where people are are being diagnosed um, with these disabilities more than they were earlier. Um, they, they just... They might have gotten them in previous engagements, but they weren't ever diagnosed with these disabilities. Um, There's also more dangerous combat conditions with improvised explosive devices. And often with the engagements in Iraq and Afghanistan, um, it was difficult for soldiers to tell where the attacks would come from and who the enemy was, which is also very stressful. Right. I mentioned before that the Gulf War Air II veterans had repeated deploy, repeated deployments, which leads to um, you know increased psychological stress, and also there was they were less likely to have the recommended rest periods between deployments, which of course elevates stress. Right, that compounds the issue even greater. Okay, Wendy, veterans, um, how, how how would you? Um, what would you say, are, are veterans with disabilities employed? What, what, does, what do those rates and percentages look like? Well, you know, unfortunately, Elaine, the employment rate of veterans with disabilities is significantly lower than that of veterans without disabilities. Only about a third of veterans with a disability, or about 32%, are employed compared with over three-quarters of veterans without disabilities. And as you know, the employment rate in the civilian population is about 71%. So we're comparing the employment rate of the civilian population at 71% to the employment rate of returning vets with disabilities at 32%. Wow. Okay. What about the employment rates by severity of disability? What do those numbers look like? So so everyone's aware the the military uses a rating system for service-connected disabilities from 0 to 100%. And 100% being more significantly disabled and zero being less significantly disabled or no disability. Um, Right now, the statistics are saying that 35.1% of veterans with a service-connected disability um, have a disability rating of 50% or higher. So that's around 400,000 people. Um, Veterans with a service-connected disability rating of 50% or higher have significantly lower rates of employment than those with ratings below 50%. And only 25% of the 131,000 veterans with a service-connected rating of 70% or higher are employed. Are employed. Wow. 
Okay. Um, Wendy, those statistics are quite startling, and I'm sure that our ADA Live listening audience has really been further educated about the issues that are facing our veterans, or as, as we typically refer to them as wounded warriors. And I thank you so much for providing that very um, um, startling and substantive information to really educate our listening audience on these issues. ADA Live listening audience, if you should have a question you would like for our guest speakers to answer, please call 646-595-2880. Now, a word from our sponsors. The Northeast ADA Center is your leader in providing information, training, and guidance on the Americans with Disabilities Act and disability access tailored to the needs of business, government, and individuals at local, state, and regional levels. The Northeast ADA Center, located in Ithaca, New York at Cornell University and is a member of the ADA National Network and serves New York, New Jersey, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. For answers to your ADA questions, contact the ADA National Network at 1-800-949-4232. The ADA National Network provides information, guidance, and training on the Americans with Disabilities Act tailored to meet the needs of business, government, and individuals at local, regional, and national levels. The ADA National Network consists of 10 regional ADA centers in the United States, providing local assistance to ensure that the ADA is implemented wherever possible. The ADA National Network is not an enforcement agency but a helpful resource supporting the ADA's mission to make it possible for everyone with a disability to live a life of freedom and equality. Welcome back to our ADA Live listening audience. And during our commercial break, we did receive a question from the ADA Live website, adalive.org. And our first question is for Wendy, and it is from Mary Jean from Florida. Mary Jean says, my father served in the Army overseas in the Mideast. When he returned, he started to have some breathing problems. He has since retired from the military, but would like to work part-time. What resources are available to him? Wendy? Um, so in every community, um, the Department of Veteran Affairs offers um, vocational rehabilitation services to um, vets with disabilities so that they can get support in getting a job or getting the training that they need um, in order to, to get a job. Um, I, I don't have the list with me, you know, in my brain, so I would recommend that you call the National ADA Network and ask one of their technical assistance specialists to refer you to the, to the local resource near you, and that number is 800-949-4232. Great. Thank you, Wendy. We also have another question from our chat area. And, Wendy, the question is, I was in the Army a long time. It has been a difficult transition for me. I don't want to be labeled a person with a disability, and I don't feel as though I need anything at this time but a job. I can't seem to get past the do you have a disability question at every interview. Can they ask me if I have a disability? I can do the job, but the minute they ask and I answer, I never get a call back. So that's an excellent 
excellent question. I think the, the short answer to that question is no. They're not supposed to ask you that question under the ADA. At the um, pre-hire stage, they're not allowed to ask about disability issues. Um, what they can ask you is, can you perform the essential functions of this job with or without a reasonable accommodation? Now, if it, an employer does ask you that, we never recommend that you tell them it's an illegal question or even that you answer it yes or no, what we often recommend that you do is redirect the question and say something like, well, it sounds like to me that you're concerned that I won't be able to do this job well. So let me tell you why I'm qualified for it and what my skills are that's going to make me great at this job. So you redirect them in a way that kind of circumvents the question. Of course, if they push you, you have to answer the question, but then you also have the option to file a complaint with the Equal Opportunity um, Employment Commission and let them know that they're asking illegal questions because that is not a legal question at pre-employment. Great. Thank you, Wendy, for answering that question, and I want to thank our ADA Live listening audience for your questions. Now, we're going to move into segment two of our show, and during the last segment, we discussed some of the foundational statistical information around vets and employment and disability-related issues. Um, Wendy, are returning vets with disabilities covered by the ADA? Always an excellent question, and, and the answer to that question depends on what type of disability they have. So in order to be covered by the ADA, anyone with a disability has to meet the ADA definition of disability, which is a mental or physical impairment that substantially limits one or more major life activities. Now we all know that the ADA Amendments Act kind of lowered the bar for who would be considered to have a disability because it clarified a lot of the issues that the courts were having with that definition. In most cases, people with disabilities like post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury, depression, would be covered by the ADA. Um, there are two documents that the EEOC created that are extremely helpful and they provide guidance around this issue. And I'm sure that, um, that Elaine could uh, put the links up for you guys for those documents. Uh, but they are right on the EEOC website. Okay, great, great. And we'll make sure that those links are provided to our ADA listening audience on our website, adalive.org. Great. And I just want to say one more thing, Elaine, and then I'll sure, let you move sure, on. Sure, Wendy. Um, I think best practice is for employers not to get stuck on determining whether or not a veteran ha or anyone has a disability, but to instead move quickly to the interactive process to understand what the issue is for the person and what accommodations they might, might need in order to be successful in their job. And that helps to ensure not only that the person's going to be successful, but also that you're going to get a great employee who's efficient and performing their job well. So it's a win-win situation, really. Okay, great. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you. What are, Wendy, what would you say are some of the uh, things that employers can do? I think it's really important for employers to educate themselves about working with veterans and with people with disabilities. Um, we have a resource called www.makingworkhappen.org that talks about um, things that employers want to know about working with veterans with disabilities culture and climate things that are important to not only know about the veteran, but also things to establish at your company. You want to make sure that you have a climate of trust and openness around disability and accommodation. That people understand that there are some things that you just don't ask veterans, like did you lose anyone over there? That's not an appropriate question ever for someone to ask a veteran. Um, so you want to make sure that your culture supports hiring veterans with disabilities. 
And you also have to think about what actually happens to people if someone comes forward to disclose a disability or, or make an accommodation request. So that's often handled at an individual manager or supervisor level. And have you trained your managers or supervisors to know how to respond to that quickly and efficiently and without judgment um, so that they can begin that interactive process in a way that makes them feel valued and as a valued employee? Okay, great, great. Um, Wendy, can you speak a little bit about... Um, because I know you've, I've heard you talk about this a little bit, about the, the culture, the military culture versus wounded warriors who are now entering the disability culture and the differences. Sure, sure. I think one of the most important things to remember is that the military is founded on an ideal of, of being independent, of being strong, of um, not needing to do anything differently. You just kind of power through. And I think the the people in the military often don't realize that asking for an accommodation isn't giving you anything unfair. It's not an unfair advantage. It's not anything like that. It's just something giving you the level playing field that you need because of your disability. So there's often a, a disconnect that military veterans feel like they're asking for special treatment if they ask for an accommodation. And people with disabilities who have had disabilities for a longer period of time often realize that this isn't the case, that because of the nature of discrimination, and the ADA is at its heart a civil rights law, um, people with disabilities have been given the right to get what they need to be treated fairly in the workplace. And we have to remember that fair doesn't mean the same for everyone. It means that everyone gets what they need. Right. That's okay. a good answer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yes. And thanks for really um, bringing home the issue of the differences between the military culture and then someone newly um, entering the disability culture and how that can uh, impact a person who um, has really been accustomed to being very independent and strong and the whole military culture that really um, that that really could shape a person's perspective on whether or not and how they accept their their uh, disability. So I thank you for that that um, explanation. All right, um, Wendy. What are some um, what are some things that veterans can do? We talked about what employers can do, but what can veterans do? Right. Um, so again, the, the toolkit that I mentioned earlier, the Making Work Happen toolkit, there is also a tool for veterans. I think the most important thing for veterans to do is to think through how they want to talk about their disability, or how they want to disclose it, or even if they do. Um, we, we know that people don't have to disclose a disability unless they need an accommodation. Um, so, and you don't have to do that when you're getting interviewed or when you're first hired. If you get on the job and you think you can do it, you don't have to say anything. But if you find that in the course of your employment you need support, such as a quiet room to do write, writing um, assignments that you have for your employer, or noise-canceling headphones because there's too much noise in the environment, you ask for those when you find out that you need them. The, the, the biggest thing that vets need to know, though, 
is that they shouldn't wait until they're about to get fired or get some kind of negative performance evaluation to disclose a disability because you can't disclose at the very last minute and expect to save your job. You really have to think about, is my performance being affected by my, my unwillingness to talk about my disability? So you want to weigh all those issues and think about how and if you're going to disclose. And also when you disclose, you want to think about the, the supports that you might need that you can talk to your employer about that will allow you to be successful in the job. Wonderful advice, Wendy, wonderful advice. ADA Live listeners, if you should have a question you would like for our guest speaker to answer, please call 646-595-2880. Now, a word from our sponsors. The Southeast ADA Center is your leader in providing information, training, and guidance on the Americans with Disabilities Act and disability access tailored to the needs of business, government, and individuals at local, state, and regional levels. The Southeast ADA Center, located in Atlanta, Georgia, is a member of the ADA National Network and serves eight states in the Southeast region. For answers to your ADA questions, contact the ADA National Network at 1-800-949-4232. The ADA National Network provides information, guidance, and training on the Americans with Disabilities Act tailored to meet the needs of business, government, and individuals at local, regional, and national levels. The ADA National Network consists of 10 regional ADA centers in the United States, providing local assistance to ensure that the ADA is implemented wherever possible. The ADA National Network is not an enforcement agency, but a helpful resource supporting the ADA's mission to make it possible for everyone with a disability to live a life of freedom and equality. Welcome back to our ADA Live listening audience. And we are at our Q&A segment from our listeners. And we do have a question for you, Wendy. And the question is, I recently heard that priority hiring is available for veterans. Could you tell me more about this program? Sure. So um, recently the um, Office of Federal Contract Compliance um, passed the new Vietnam-era Veterans Readjustment Assistance Act called VEVRA. And VEVRA um, requires federal government contractors and subcontractors contractors to take affirmative action to employ and advance some categories of vets. So these are vets with um, service-connected disability rating of 30% or higher, um, recently separated vets, and, and the categories are kind of confusing. So I highly recommend you go to adata.org and download the fact sheet that we have posted there on this issue. Um, so they are also required to advertise job with state employment service delivery systems. They're formally called the one-stop system. So if vets who are looking for a job can go into those one-stops and look at the jobs and figure out which ones are, have the, um, the government contractors or subcontractors, they may have excuse me, <coughs> veterans' priority hiring. <coughs> I'm sorry, Elaine. I have a terrible cold. That's okay. Take your time. Um, so that's that's really the best way, I think, for vets to connect with those contractors to find out if they have job openings. Okay. All right. Great. 
give you a few minutes here, Wendy. Um, I'm sorry. And, and don't forget, ADA Live listening audience, that she did give a reference for the information on the federal contractors and priority hiring, and you can get more information on the FAQ fact sheet at adata.org. Again, that is adata.org. All right, Wendy? My next question for you is, could you um, give us a little primer on what is the difference or what is the, yeah, what is the difference between a veteran with a disability and a person, just a regular individual with a disability? Is there a difference? Well, I mean, if you hire a veteran, you know that um, these are people who have strong leadership skills and leadership potential. It's, uh, serving in the military is a strong predictor of someone's ability to respond to supervision and training. And also, everyone who's in the military gets military training. And 80% of those military jobs have a clear civilian equivalent um, so that those skills will be immediately transferable to jobs that are available and, you know, on the, the home soil, if it, as you might say. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, I think that um, those are all great benefits of, of hiring veterans in general. But veterans in, with disabilities are no different. They have the same potential and skills that other veterans have. Okay. All right. Great. I also know that th there is a lot of information available to veterans, um, but it is difficult to understand. Are there services that would help? Um, veterans be able to understand what resources and programs are available to them? There are a lot of resources in the community. I think um, independent living centers are in every um, community. They're great resources. As I mentioned, the, um, the Vocational Rehabilitation Services through the Department of Veterana uh, Veterans Affairs is a great resource for vets. Um, also, that Making Work Happen toolkit that I mentioned has a lot of resources and links and groups that can support veterans in their, in their own communities. Veterans sometimes are hesitant to align themselves with disability groups in local communities, so sometimes they are hesitant to use things like independent living services because they don't see those as, as services for wounded warriors. They see those as services for people with disabilities. And so... Um, I think that there is some hesitancy to use the resources in local communities for people with disabilities, but they can provide a great deal of support in learning how to address your disability and finding out the accommodations that you need. So it can, they can be really useful. Wendy, what advice would you give to the wounded warrior community in terms, and even the disability community, in terms of collaborating more and, and doing more cross-collaboration to make sure that individuals uh, returning from service, active service duty, have available, made available to them all the resources? You know, I think that... Um that everyone has a lot of goodwill towards returning veterans and a, a lot of interest in serving them. I think that um, returning veterans should not be afraid to utilize this, the resources in their community that are available to them, and that includes the disability resources. Um, <coughs> excuse me, I'm so sorry. So um, a lot of independent living centers are, are looking into hiring returning veterans because they recognize the value and, and being able to talk to someone who's been through similar situations. But there's also a lot of support groups out there for returning veterans. And 
you know, that you can talk to a mentor who has also come back from, from a war zone and has experienced some of the same things that you've experienced. And as right. I mentioned, that, that Making Work Happen tutorial lists a lot of those resources for you. Okay, great. Wendy, it has, it has been a tremendous pleasure to have you as our guest speaker today. You have come with a wealth of knowledge and information for our ADA Live listening audience, and we thank you for joining us today. You're at this welcome. time, I'm sorry about the cold. That's okay. That's okay. Um, at this time, I would like to thank our guest speaker, Wendy Strobel-Gower of the Northeast ADA Center at Syracuse University. I'm sorry, at Cornell University for joining us today, and to our ADA Live listening audience. The Southeast ADA Center is extremely grateful for your support and participation in the WADA ADA Live show. ADA Live listening audience. If you would like to continue this discussion, please join the Southeast ADA Center in our online discussion at adalive.org. The online discussion will be open from 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to tell a friend about ADA Live, like us on Facebook, tweet about ADA Live, or share an update with your LinkedIn colleagues. Join us next month when we discuss accessible meetings and events. See you next month on WADA Live. Thank you for listening to ADA Live Talk Radio. Brought to you by the Southeast ADA Center. Remember to join us the first Wednesday of each month for another ADA topic. And you can call one 800 949-4232 for answers to your ADA questions. All right, Wendy? Yes, I'm so sorry. That is okay. <laughs> you know what? It's okay. I mean, you know, um, some things you just can't ha- help, and and that's I why I tried to do that little. I tried to do that little filler about you know the reference on adata.org, blah blah blah, to give you some time to to, to call. Terribly, oh, <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> that's all right. I mean, you know, we can't account for everything. So, um, but you know, here again, it's um, we do not want the shows to appear to be stagnant. And, they are, and, right? and contrived, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so it was. It was a pretty natural show, um, and that's why. Also, you know, if you notice the last couple of questions, I threw those in because I was looking at the time, and right. we still had significant time left. And so I wanted okay. us to kind of cover some things. And, and you did a good job. Excellent job. Okay. Good. All right. Excellent good. job. How, how did you feel about the show? It went well. I, you know, I always joke. My my brother was a DJ for, and my so was my uncle for like thirty oh. years, right? So it's supposed okay. to be in my blood. I'm supposed to be great at this kind of stuff, right? Which, right. Genetically. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, you did a wonderful job. I mean, Thank your you. responses and answers were very, very, very informative, and I'm sure that um, the listening audience was was further informed on the issues. And um, I really appreciate your time. Um, All right, T, great. is anybody there? Celestia, Marsha, okay, everybody probably has hung up. But, Wendy, thank you so very much, okay? All right, thanks, Elizabeth. And I hope you feel better. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. We're here. I'm sorry? Oh, Hello? We're here. Um, 
Oh, there here. must be a delay because I never heard anyone say anything. I'm sorry. That's okay. Okay, okay. Um, I am too. I threw, thanks for the. Um, I was watching the clock, Marsha, and I saw your reminder, so thank you. Um, I threw okay. in some filler questions because we were at like. Uh, uh, Elaine, one. I'm here too. We were all muted for some reason. Oh, really? Okay. There's well, a lot of okay. things that kind of went crazy in this back door today. I don't. I think we need to talk about it at our meeting this afternoon. Well, yeah, just hold those until the meeting. Yeah, that's fine. I understand that Becky had some problems with accessing uh, callers through the live studio board. Um, and but so I was just... there, but I've never done it. So, and if a call would have come through, it would have been a, a kind of maybe. I mean, a mess. But. <laughs> um, no. If um, I mean, I was also logged in too, but no calls came in. Right. I thought I, that's why I sent you that I am Cherie to just kind of either I am Marsha or something because Marsha was in there, and so well, I know. You know I mean, everybody was there, but they were muted. And in the beginning, when you were trying to get Wendy, she was muted too for some reason. Okay, it may have just been a slight. I don't know. Um, you well, know, I've, maybe there it, there may have been a delay in unmuting. And I think that what may may have been the issue. So we'll talk about making sure that we time taking folks off of mute, um, you know, in a in a in a way that it does not interrupt the program flow. Yeah, I ju I'm just yeah. I I mean I I saw everybody's numbers in there. I wasn't concerned. I was more concerned if I took a call, if right. I was going to handle it correctly because I was never I was the first speaker, so I never got to be in this back area. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, we're, you and I, you know, I saw your, I am saying you don't know how to do that, but what we're doing at 1.30 is the same thing that we did before after the first show. We went to the online discussion forum via adalive.org to see if there were I'm any. There and I don't... I'm sorry? I thought, I'm looking You're for it under group discussion. Okay. I'm okay. I'll be all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You got it? I, I think so. I, I'm a general discussion. Do I have to log in? Yes. Okay. Same way as the other way. Okay. Let me see. Right. Mhm. Mm Celestia, are you there? Okay. Becky, I'm are here. you still with us? I'm oh, here. Okay. Yep. All right. So we're going to. I mean, if there was anything that anyone noted during the show, we're going to hold those for the three o'clock debriefing. Um, so that uh, Cherie and I can go join the online discussion, if there is one. We just want to make sure we have a presence, to, you know, to be able to field any questions, et cetera. Okay? So if there are no other um, comments at this time, we'll talk back at 3, okay? Thank you, everybody, for a great job. Elaine, could you get on IM? It's not recognizing the, the login for me. You said, can I get on IM? Yeah, I mean, I, I put in WADA space SE Southeast no. ADA, and it, it's not recognizing the... No, uh, you, no, you need to go to the our project website for the show, adalive.org. Well, I'm there, too, but Are I, you there? I don't... Okay, hang on a second. Oh, don't do discussion. Um, you need to log in with your username? With your Shree? name? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Your username. C. Hoffman. 
Thanks. Wait a minute. Let me go back. C. Hoffman with one N or two? Of course the two. Okay. And <laughs> is my password my um, my Sergey's one? Um, let I'm me trying it. Just a minute. No, it's not. Let me just see. Should we hold on one second? Um, I'm resetting your password. So your password's the same as your username until you update it. Okay, I'm finally in. Thank you. Okay, okay great. All right. All right, we'll talk to everyone at 3. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.